Welcome to Geek Salad, a podcast about two guys talking about their passion for editing geek, from the digital world to the not-so-digital world. Now here are your hosts, Randy and Jay A. LaRock. So, welcome everybody. This is episode one, finally got it going, of the Geek Salad. I'm your host, Randy. With me is my compadre, J.A. LaRock. How's it going, homie? It's going good. Happy to be here, finally, to be launching this brand new show. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, this is this has been our, our, little, our little baby child that we've been nursing for about a year now, I want to say. Like, we've been talking back and forth about this. Yeah. It's been great. We'll finally get down and sit down, get it going together. All excited, new show. Get this going. Gonna have to sit there and get it as big as our other show. We'll figure it out. We'll get it. Going. Oh, well, little by little, <laughs> we're gonna climb that ladder to the top. Oh, yes, we will. Yes, we will. So, guys, I kind of gave you an idea what we're doing here. We're putting together a great show, just like our intro said. I'm gonna be giving you a little bit of uh, information from the not digital world. My friend JA over here is gonna be doing it from the digital world. So, we're gonna get not only geeky stuff from the board gaming side, but we're gonna get geeky stuff from the video game side. Something to keep you guys entertained. Hopefully, the, you guys will love it as much as we love it. Um, so we'll just jump right into it. Um, I saw what you sent me, my friend, which was really interesting, the story, the first story that we got here to talk about. Um, and I'll let you go ahead and go right into it, my friend. All right. In our Toss Salad uh, segment, we talk about news of the day, things that interest us from around the gaming world. It could be board games. It could be video games. It could be anything in gaming, pretty much. And what I found interesting is a couple of years ago, a friend of mine got me into Cards of Humanity. I really think it's funny. If you haven't played it, it's the card game, which has all these like crazy different sayings from pop culture, from things like that. And, you know, it could be uh, from maybe PG-13 all the way up to like rated X. And it's, it's really fun <laughs> because someone will uh, read like the main card and you have to put down the answers. And the answers could be like, you know, AIDS in Africa. And you're like, oh my God, it's terrible. But the idea, it's supposed to be cards against humanity. So, you know, you have to have a sense of humor. It's it's funny. It could be raunchy. It could be provocative. But it's a really fun game. And it's something that seems so simple, but it's awesome. And, like, the pack, they have booster packs for all types of uh, different pop culture and different things that make it awesome. So tying it in into video games is they're actually coming out with a massive effects expansion where they're going to bring that world and the funny things in it into the cards of humanity world which is funny because even though it doesn't say exactly what it's going to be i mean think about it you know there's sex with aliens you know there's <laughs> murder there's things like that the world is pretty messed up in mass effect for those who played it um so we don't know exactly what's going to be in there but we do know that it's going to be funny and it's probably going to be raunchy so it's really cool to see them branch out like this you know i like the company i like the game and having things from the gaming world added to this is a good idea and it's only you know one dollar for the expansion it comes with 14 cards yep 14 cards it's not so bad for a buck yeah i mean you gotta think about it i think that that's how you can really step up the game already because uh cards of humanity is something that anyone can play whether you're a gamer geek nerd just whatever everyone could play that but now you can add something to it it's like when i was playing munchkin and they came out uh with the add-on where you brought in like uh, cartoon worlds and, and, and stuff. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh man, that's pretty cool because you know I really like that stuff. So this is in the same vein of that. 
Yeah, I was I was looking at this and and one of the things that's interesting with Cards Against Humanity, like you say, like it's great that it works from anybody of the geeky, you know, the geeky culture all the way to like more from the like adult theme culture type of a thing. Um, I think this is one of those like games that it is hilarious if you play with the right group of people to break it out when you have a party setting that everyone's been drinking for a bit and it's a little bit inebriated, you will laugh yourself silly. But I love the fact that they've come out with like five or six expansions to the main game. And they've come out with these like little mini expansions and they have everything from like a science pack to like uh, 90s culture references stuff to like video game ones, the fantasy uh, ones. I mean, they, they, they the guys know what they're doing. And if there is one thing that I I have to like wholeheartedly give them the like slow golf clap to is the fact that like the guys that started this company hate Black Friday, like hate Black Friday. And they're totally against like what Black Friday stands for. And they will literally, if you go to their website on Black Friday, you will actually pay more for their game than you would if you buy it outside of Black Friday. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it is the funniest thing. And they've done stuff where, like, um, I think the funniest thing that they did was the uh, expansion or the quote-unquote expansion that they were releasing exclusively on on uh, Black Friday called Bull Poop. And that is the, 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 the safe for work of it. Had a friend of mine that actually bought, bought it because he thought, like, oh, maybe it's an expansion. Like, he's bought everything from them. Orders it. It literally comes in the mail, and it's a, it was a little square box. You know, it said bull poop on the, on the cover. He opens it up, and inside was a sanitized, freeze-dried piece of bull crap. Oh, my God. And that's literally what he paid for. It was like $20. You paid for a sealed, sanitized bag of bull, <laughs> bull crap. The funny, he said he lost it hysterically laughing because in his mind, he was like, there are going to be people that are going to receive this and they're going to be so upset because this is what they got. And they thought it was going to be an expansion. And that by far was one of those things that like to the point where there were news stories of like of, of, of people reaching out on social media. Like, why did you do this? How could you do this? And they're like, we told you you were buying this and we gave you exactly what you were buying. Like. <laughs> And everybody was like, touche, touche. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. I mean, that's activism I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, and to follow up that story, so one of the things that at least on the board gaming world, which is always interesting to see because you're kind of like in the video gaming world, you're going to either have something that's really, really great or really, really crappy is when you do any type of tie-ins to any type of intellectual property, be it a book or a movie uh, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I found out that uh, Space Goats Production is actually kickstarting a Terminator official board game. Now, these guys had done uh, a successful Kickstarter for an Evil Dead 2 uh, official board game. Um, and from what I've been hearing, the people that had playtested the Evil Dead 2 um, demo that they had at conventions and all that, they said it was like a really, really good adaptation 
of the actual like movie to a board game. It's like you would play as Ash and the survivors and stuff like that that were in the cabin. You had to be careful because things were happening and the deadites would come out and stuff like that. So they said like it was a really good thing. So apparently these guys are doing a Kickstarter version or a board game version of the Terminator, uh, which is pretty neat because at least in the way and looking at the video, they actually have two boards. You have one set in 1985 and one set in the future. And it's an asymmetrical game where you have everybody against one person. So one person plays as Skynet and everybody else plays as the human resistance. Um, and you actually have like key characters like John Connor, you have Sarah Connor and stuff like that. And the thing that I found interesting about this game, and it's one of those things where I'd like to see actual like gameplay of, of how it actually like all works, but they say things that you actually do in the past affect stuff in the future that's cool so it was really neat and like the way that they described it of like let's say there's like a, a weapons facility or like a building that in the future becomes a weapons facility for the the machines like as the human resistance going into the past you could destroy the building and now the skynet player no longer has that resource uh in the game so that is kind of like really cool on how they're doing this thing um, and the way that they kind of like made it as far as like Skynet is, if they can send, if they can send a Terminator or like something into the past and they can kill Sarah Connor, boom, you win the game because you basically eliminated John Connor out of the game and stuff. So, yeah. And the icon, I mean, the, the figurines look cool too. Like the squad yeah. car, the motorcycle, the HK aerial. That looks awesome. And yeah, and it's really neat because like they have so there's two different like packaging packaging that you can get like one that's like the game itself the core box and it'll have some miniatures and all that, but uh, with the you know as they usually do with a lot of Kickstarters is you'll have uh, a little bit higher tier that'll be like exclusive stuff that you can only get in the Kickstarter. Um, and what's pretty cool is the exclusive stuff that they have actually gives you more models. Um, that you can uh, put in. So it gives you like the the T-800 uh, on the motorcycle. You get Sarah's Jeep. You get another one of the jets. Uh, you get one of the jets. You get the squad car and stuff like that. So it's kind of neat how like they're doing a lot of these um, these sets and things like that. Um, and like, it would be really... to know that as of this broadcast, they've already reached their goal. So they're actually going for yeah. stretch at this point. Yeah, like it's it's interesting because I find that a lot of you're going to have these companies that that come out with a lot of really good ideas on Kickstarter, but just like how it is in the video game world, like some of them you pour all this money into it and then you get the final product and you're like, well, it wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. And then there's other ones that like there's a couple of companies that have had some track records on Kickstarter that you you get their game and it's like, man, this this game is freaking out of this world like component wise and everything like that and as far as like what i've heard from this group specifically uh like the evil dead 2 like people that got the game they were like man it far surpassed what they thought it was gonna be like so i mean it's gonna be interesting to see now like now that they're pushing stretch goals on these things um it'll be neat to see like what they do because like it's it's cool that they they add a bunch of different things like my only kind of thing that kind of like i it kind of like upset that upsets me but it's like it's okay and all that like a lot of the stuff where they have these little like add-on stuff so if you look at like the optional buy stuff that they have like they'll add on all these extra little miniatures and stuff yeah 
you know, like some of the stuff is cool. Like, you know, I'm looking at here, they had, you know, for $35, you can get the little endoskeletons in pewter. So it's an actual little metal, you know, uh, mini figure, which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, a lot of stretch goals are, are interesting like that. It's like a different card, different figurine, things like that. So, I mean, overall, it builds on the game. So, right. I mean, it's, in the end, it's like see the different player tokens and things like that. When you see it grow, you're like, okay, this game is just going to get better. And I understand that, look, you have to do something with those stretch goals, but at least in this, it looks like it really adds something to make the whole game package richer in the end. Right. And that's what's neat is like as you go, like as a person that I've I've kickstarted stuff in the in the past, like there's a lot of the times like you'll get, you know, stuff that you will literally only be able to get through kickstarting the game. Um, and I can tell you as a person that like not only collects, like if I were to see like a game out there, like I kickstarted like last year, this game that's coming out called uh uh, what the heck is the name of it is? Um, oh, what the heck is the name of it? It's one that I kickstarted, but they they specifically came out with a deluxe version only available through Kickstarter. And like the deluxe edition, what they did is the wooden components, they silk screened more detail onto it. Um, they gave you a pack of metal coins for the money instead of using the cardboard ones. Like they give you the cardboard ones as well. So it's like all these little extra things that what's cool about it is, is getting that game when I get my Kickstarter version of it, A, it's going to be something that I have that not everybody will be able to get. And B, if I really don't like the game, I can sell that game for that much more because of you know, the fact that you cannot get this anywhere else type of a thing. Um, uh, ah, the name of the game was Yokohama. Uh, okay. Yokohama was the name of the game. Um, but it's it's a thing where they, like, literally only did just specific stretch goals. Like, there was, like, 5,000 backers for the Deluxe Edition. So, you know, like, okay, I'm getting one of 5,000 things. They literally said, like, they're only going to be producing, like, an extra 100 or 200 more, which they would only sell at conventions until they ran out. And once those were gone, they're gone. Like, you can still get the retail version, but it's not going to have all this stuff that they have, which is cool. Nice. Yeah, man. So, esports, as we all know, has been exploding. Uh, all you have to do is look on things like ESPN, where it's like, on one hand, a long time ago, you had someone making fun of it, and now they have podcasts, they're uh, displaying hosting events, things like that. You watch League of Legends, millions of people not only watching it, but th hundreds of thousands of people actually at these events. It's crazy. And now it's spreading not only just on ESPN, but the sports itself. And this is kind of locally, since uh, obviously gamers in uh, Miami, that the Miami Heat has actually purchased an uh, esports team called the Misfits. And it's really mm -hmm. interesting because, you know, this merging of knowing like, hey, <laughs> this is a big thing. Let's get part of it. And not only that, is they're the second team to do this. Uh, the 76ers from Philadelphia actually has uh, invested in a team as well. Uh, this team basically started uh, back in 2006. They merged other teams together from League, League of Legends. They've also competed in like Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, uh, Super Smash Brothers, and Hearthstone. But it's really cool just to see like a lot of these people are really having an opportunity. You know, so many outlets. and. Who would have thought even 10 years ago 
that hmm. someone would be playing games and not only have millions of people watching them online on television, but now you have NBA teams investing in you. I mean, it should be like a golden age <laughs> for gamers. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting to see like this. Like I was looking here at the link you sent. Like I did not realize the 76ers, they were the ones that own Team Dignitas, which those guys are huge. Yeah. Huge when it comes to the, the e-gaming scene. Um, and though like some of the guys that are on those teams, it's like, man, these guys really know how to play their their esports games. Like it is insane at how good that some of those guys are. Um, but it's I, I find it like it's great that you're having more and more like things like this where they're investing more into the esports uh things because like let's face facts, like you said, like League of Legends, when you sit there and look at some of the tournaments and stuff that they have, like you, these guys are pulling in good amount of money winning these tournaments. Um, I think the only other the only other game out there that in tournament play has pulled more money has been Dota 2. Um, and I know like it's gotten to the point with Dota 2, like if you win the main main championship, I think the prize pool for the team is like $5 million. So like literally you become an instant millionaire the moment you win. Wow. A Dota 2 tournament. Yeah, like it's insane. Like Dota 2, I, I didn't realize was as big as it was. Um, and it's interesting the- too because like what happens is is that sometimes you'll hear about these teams and you'll be like, oh, what happened to this team or whatever. But they do drafts <laughs> just like they do yeah. in sports where it's like, hey, I want this guy for my team because I'm really pushing League of Legends. Okay, well, you can get this guy who's good at Hearthstone. You can get this guy who's good at Overwatch. And it, it's really interesting to see that you know, even if a team breaks up, it's not like that's the end of the road. That's the end or of the team. Go solo. You know, you can get drafted to another team if you have the skills. And I think like I've I've read a lot. Like now that you say that, like there's been guys that they that they play and they're really good, and they'll almost become like basketball free agents. Where like you'll have all these different teams like offering them different different stuff to have them come over to their teams. Or like you say, you have like a fallout of a team where one guy you know, leaves the team for whatever reason. And he's like, no, I'll go, I'll go on to another team and I'll make just as much money or whatnot. But it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see how like that's all um, like how it's going crazy uh, in that sense where it's like, you know, you have these, these guys that are making like millions of dollars over their, over their time that they play. And, and of course, you know, you have the typical thing where it's like, it's all these like young kids in their 20s and all that because their reaction speeds are faster. Let's face facts, man. We're, we're the old farts when it comes to the gaming world now, man. We can't compete in these uh, in these competitive things. I know. You watch some of that Twitch reaction. And it's like, I mean, pe- people can make jokes about calling it esports or everything, but there still is that Twitch factor. And you do notice the difference as you get older. It isn't just that. Oh, I got a girlfriend, or oh, I no, it, it's none of that. It's that you know, as you get older, your your speed is gonna be a little bit less. Though there there are exceptions. If you really do have that twitch in you, both your hands, your eye, the coordination, mm-hmm. all that, it can extend much longer. You do have people, thirties even higher, playing games at a high level, but you know there's a skill that can diminish with time, unfortunately. So it's yeah. good that now you can go and you can make some money, and look. You can st- it, just like in sports, you can parlay that into something else. Doing, you know, the the broadcasting, the commentary, you know, things like that. So it's not even like you're out of a job 
or out of a career if your skills drop, you know, and you can't play at that high level anymore. I just had an idea. Uh-oh. I had a, a good idea. We need to invest in and in starting just like how they have the senior PGA. We need to do a senior esports league. Get yes. people that are over like a certain age, like, hey, your reaction speed isn't that as good as it used to be. You can join on the, the senior league and still keep playing until you retire. Now we'd have to. What would be what would be the criteria? Like, how old would you have to be, and like, what accomplishments would you have to have? I, I think like you'd have to be like forty or over. Oh, like, you'd that have is. To qual- yeah, like have to do like you have to qualify or something like that. Like, I don't think they'd have to have like, oh, you have to have had a, a win a championship or something like that. But it'd be interesting to see, like, he'd have to do, like, a qualifier thing to do it. But it would be interesting to see if they were to do something. Like, I better not talk too loud. Someone might hear me and, and take my idea. But uh, well, It's too late now. It's, <laughs> it's out too late now. now. It's on the internet. This is um, our first show. We're already creating awesome things. I guess we, maybe we need the fans' help, you know. So all you that's, fans that's out there, thing, yeah. what, what would be a way that we could create this senior league? And is 40 too high? I don't know because I'm thinking in gaming, look – the way people already talk about gaming, if you're in your 30s and you're gaming, something's wrong, even though that's complete nonsense. But <laughs> like, what would be a criteria? Maybe 35, uh, maybe 40 is too high, or maybe you think 40 is great. Or perhaps you have to have at least one top 10 finish. Maybe not a championship, because maybe that's too difficult. That's but true. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Like, do a qualifier type of thing, top 10 people make it in, you know? Yeah, because you think about PGA, you can have pretty much people that's never won before. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know PJ that well. I've seen events. I've heard about it. But I don't know if anyone who's ever played professional can automatically enter the tournament. I think it's the same thing. You still have to compete. But yeah. I guess age limit. But I think for gaming, it would be great if you had maybe – maybe it could be nicer, top 20 finish, something like that. But, yeah, we need your help to put this because I, I like that's, this idea. Right now. That's uh, – like, I think that's uh, – I think because – if I remember right, like I think the senior PGA was like they had to be in the PGA. Like they didn't, like you said, they didn't necessarily have to win any tournaments or anything like that, but they had to at least compete in the in the senior PGA, and then they had to qualify to get in. Yeah. Like they just move over to the seniors, and then they they still play in their competitions and all that. So they have like different rules set for them. What would um, be great about that too is that in the senior in our version, it would be that you can play old games, so it doesn't have to be the latest game. You could choose from a list of either yeah. new games or you can even play old games. So, like, old right, school I mean, Doom. Well, not, yeah, it could be that old, but it could even be like, for instance, like the uh, old Injustice or old Mortal Kombat. You know, obviously Ooh. by then you're going to have all these new ones, but let's face it, if your skills, let's say you were good at um, in, in, in like the, the Street Fighter tournaments of maybe like 2014, 2013, all right, you could compete in that league too, in the old one where. Nowadays, you're not going to be playing that because they've already moved on to the newer games. So this gives you a chance to even, you know, rejuvenize those older games with the older gamers. So that just expands it more. Because see, that's what we're going to do here is expand gaming. See, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I have to say is is my old my old fart self can't play Call of Duty anymore, man. There's too too many uh, too many like twitch gamers like it's it's interesting seeing like how how like some of these people like if you watch them play like video of them like how they'll go from literally like you're you're going straight and you just see something like a blur in the peripheral vision of it and you just see that like snap over you know uh like that to me is insane at how like some of these guys have that that twitch reaction to it like I look at that, I'm like, there's no way I could do that. 
Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, so moving on to our next segment here, which is our what we call our big salad, which we talk about a little thing here in our eye today. Brought up, so I actually got a little combo deal for oh. you. So wanted to talk about a really interesting game um, that I've played lately called Mysterium. Um, it's from Libelud uh, Productions. Uh, really interesting game uh, for me. What I like about it is like one of my favorite games kind of like growing up to play was like Clue because I like that whole like you needed to figure out like who got killed, where they got killed, and who and what weapon they use. Um, Mysterium like scratches that itch of trying to figure out like a murder. So one player plays as the ghost of a murdered person. And the other players are basically psychics that came to this house where this murder happened. So when you play the game, based on, A, how hard you want to make the game and how many players are playing, there's three different sets of cards that get laid out. One is a location that's in picture form. Uh, one is a person, and one is the weapon. So the way that it starts out is you have where the psychics go through like a sleep phase where they basically go to sleep. And the ghost has these cards that are these like abstract type of artwork on them. And the ghost basically has to, based on the information that they have, because they have like a little wall screen that they know for each player where the location, the person and the weapon that killed them is. And you as the ghost have to basically hand one or more of these like abstract art cards to them and they have to deduce what you know from where they what section they are whether it's the person the place or the weapon like from that picture what the ghost is trying to actually like convey to them so it's really interesting because as the ghost you cannot say anything you can't do any facial expressions you can't do anything you have to be stone faced like this is this is the type of game for poker players you know <laughs> cold face just can't do anything and it's interesting because when i played this uh with my wife and my friends it was like handing out these cards and hearing everybody discuss back and forth what they think the cards mean and you're sitting there like oh okay i'm giving this person like this card that has like a picture of a rabbit wearing a top hat or like wearing a hat because the guy that that murdered them wears a hat and then hearing them like oh there's a rabbit in it maybe it's a hunter maybe it's the hunter and you're like sitting there in the back of your mind going oh crap i didn't even think about that and like you can't say anything yeah because so, you, like, you mislead them you send them down the wrong path right so it's really really great because like you start off on the first section you give them their their cards they have time to kind of like think about it and then they put a little marker on which one they think it is and then based on that if they guess the right one they move on to the next section if they guess the wrong one then they have to stay in that same area and you start removing out cards. So as people guess the right ones, it starts removing. So you, the next turn that you have, you have less cards to kind of pick from. So it's kind of neat in the way that they did it, where if you play it on the easy mode, once it's literally one card more than there are players. So if let's say three of the four players guess it right, that one player that guessed wrong literally will know what the next one is. But then you can make it really hard where you get four cards left over. And now you have a 25% chance to do this. Um, and what's neat is it throws into the mechanic of you only have a certain amount of rounds to do this or else 
everybody, you know, they lose. Um, and what's pretty neat is I know like they reached out to you because they did come out with a Steam version of the game. Um, and I actually got to play that as well. And it is literally a carbon copy of the game, which is great because they could have gone like I've seen some of the board game conversions to digital and they change things, uh, you know, change the little things here and there mechanically because they need to because it's different in the digital version. But this thing is essentially like a like perfect, perfect adaptation of the game to a digital format and it's even better in my sense because you as the ghost can give the cards and then you don't have to worry you could be talking all you want there's no like voice chat or anything like that so it's like they can't hear what you're saying but at the same time what kind of like takes back from that is you can't hear like they can't talk with one another to see what they're thinking like they can type chat but at the same time it's like you know it's it's kind of cool listening to your friends talk back and forth and then you sit in there going, Oh man, I can't believe that that's what I I'm leading them down with this picture. <laughs> yeah. So I know that on the website it talks about like it's two to seven players and it's play time is about 42 minutes. Now when you're playing the steam version, the, I take it, you have to have at least two people. You, there's not a single player component. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, you have to have at least, uh, well, and then that's the big thing is I believe on the steam version, you can play the single version because it'll put AI, like you can play as the ghost and then the investigators are AI, or you can play as one of the investigator and the ghost is AI. Ah, So it can play single player. So like to kind of give you an idea, this is kind of like to give you an idea of like just some of the abstract art, that they kind of do it. So like the thing that I love about this game is like the artwork on this thing. If you've, if there've ever been uh, people out there that have played a game called Dixit, it's very, very similar, like very beautiful, like whimsical type of artwork. Um, And it's just interesting because it's like, you know, you'll see like this picture here, it's a pile of gold with like a crown and a scepter and all that. And I could sit there and be like, one of the guys is a prince or whatever. And I can give you that gold card and I want you to focus in on the crown but then you may look at that and be like, oh, it's money on it. That could be that the person that's doing it is like looks like a person that's more wealthy. Right. So it's really like they they like I have to give it to these guys. Like the 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 people that they picked for the artwork is just like unbelievable. Just how beautiful like these these cards are. And that's like one of the things that like people that play Dixit, they say like that's the, the most beautiful thing of that game. Now, when you play, now it says forty-two minutes play time, which is is a good time. Like when you played the board game version, would you say that it lasts around that time, or you know, obviously it's going to vary. But like, what yeah, it, what are longer games that you would say, like maybe an hour, over an hour or so? Like, yeah, I mean, when we played, it was probably a good half hour to forty-five minutes that we played. Oh. Um, but it's it's it comes down to like a couple of factors. Number one, how many people you have playing. So. Shorter, you know, smaller group of people, shorter gameplay because the rounds will go by kind of quick. Um, but more people you have, the longer it can take. And it also will come down to like how experienced the people are that are playing. Like if they played the game before, have they played board games before? But this is one of those type of games where it's got a really like low barrier to entry. So it's not that difficult of rules to understand and things like that. Um, so it's like a great one where if you're into games yourself and you want to get friends of yours into it, really, really great like gateway uh, game to kind of get people into it. 
Um, but it's like, it's, it's such a like really nice, like quick refreshing, like a, not a brain burner type of a game. Um, this would be one of those type of games that it's like, if you're playing like two brain burners of games, like something to play in between to kind of like, like trying to calm your mind down a bit. It's perfect for that. Yeah. And it's not expensive either right now, yeah. 999 on steam. They already have a download uh, upgrade update to the pa- uh, to the game where you can get for 199. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, I think the board game retails around 40, 50 dollars max. Yeah, it's 40 bucks. Yeah, and that's if you go in, into a, a local game store. Like, if you look online, you can get it a little bit cheaper. But it's 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 a really like I said that was that was a game that like it was a big buzz two years ago, and it was funny because three years ago it got really big bu- bugs because it was originally a Polish. Uh, it came from Poland. Um, cause like a lot of board games, uh, as I've talked about in the past with the Asli gamer show, like a lot of the biggest ones come out in Germany, uh, in Europe, and then eventually they'll get ported into the United States. And one of the things that they're saying, like people that played the Polish version of the game, they were like, man, this game's phenomenal. However, the only kind of downside of the Polish version to the American version was it did not have the screen that the American version has. So you actually like laid down the cards face down in front of you as the ghost. And the big thing that like a lot of people were saying that they did not like about it is like when you were playing the Polish version, you were constantly kind of like peeking at the cards because you were like, okay, which one's who's this and what's that? And you had to kind of like remember whose card was here. Whereas uh, with this one, um, and I'll kind of show you here. So this is kind of like the screen that they give you it kind of folds out you can see it's kind of big but it has on the inside you can see the different colors and it's little pockets on the inside so it actually lets you put the person the place and the and the weapon in there uh like really kind of good build quality cardboard and all that like nothing that is going to warp or break or anything like that um but it's it's it was a really that was like the one thing that a lot of people that played the Polish version and then played the newer edition in the in the English when they imported it that they were like if the Polish version would have had that that would have been like it would have been perfect like that was that was the one thing and and I know the American version they added a new kind of rule to it where like I haven't played with it where the way that it does it is if I remember the rule right, is like if the lower amount of times that it takes you to guess the correct thing, you get these like what they call clairvoyance um, tokens. And then at the end of the game, what you do is the ghost takes all the locations from the people that actually committed that they had for each of the individuals. They kind of shuffle it up and then they'll get one place, one person, one weapon. And that is the true murderer. And then the other players can use their clairvoyance tokens to get these clue cards, like the the, the picture ones. So obviously, the better you do, the more of these clairvoyance cards you're going to get. So like you can, so the way that they kind of like did it is you start at the location, you have a set amount of clairvoyance cards, you can choose how many clairvoyance tokens you want to use to get clues. So you can get, you're going to get a base, you know, one clue but you can spend the clairvoyance to get a second clue or more than that. And then it's trying to guess the correct place, person, and thing. 
and the person that can actually do that and get it correct, like you lay down, you know, this, they're the ones that actually win the game. And that was a thing that like a lot of the reviewers, they were saying like, it didn't really need that, but it's a kind of like neat thing to kind of make the game like a little bit more in depth type of a thing. Um, Cause they, that is where a lot more people said that this is where it kind of like compares more to like the actual clue game because of that whole like oh you didn't have one specific person one specific place one specific thing um, but it's it's a it's a great game yeah it's it's a definitely like thumbs up for me like really really fun game nice so that's definitely something that you can check out both the board game and the steam game so i mean look think about it together it's only 50 bucks you get both so that's yeah. awesome yeah, that's a great thing because, yeah, you're looking at board game-wise, you'll have hours of entertainment with your friends. You know, you'll still have the hours of entertainment with Steam, so. Cool. So I could, I, I could, I think we could say we, we put episode one in the books. Successful, if I would say. Hey, I would say so too. Not not bad for our, our first episode. Our first, first episode with, to come. That's right. When we go get to episode one hundred, we look back. Man, remember a hundred episodes ago, episode one. Man, we do. We really didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, that. Well, we'll sit there and we'll get this rolling, baby. Yeah, I hope all you guys like the show and will join us as we head towards that episode one hundred. And and definitely uh, as with our you don't get the show like any any type of feedback any comments any questions feel free to leave them in the comment section we'll read them and we'll address them as we get them uh, any suggestions as well like what do you guys like what do you guys don't like we'll take it with a grain of salt as it were as it's always said uh, but yeah for as so for the geek salad I am Randy with me my compadre as always J A yeah. We love you guys and keep the comments coming. Take care, guys.